Greetings and welcome to the VTC Podcast, Voices of Recovery. The VTC, or Veterans Treatment Court, is a treatment-based alternative to the traditional justice system. In lieu of going to prison, where we know that nothing truly changes for a veteran, the VTC aims to address the underlying issues that led veterans to interfacing with the legal system, including mental health, trauma, and addiction. Upon completion of our two-year program, a veteran's charges are dismissed. We are excited to have with us today a graduate of the VTC program and a Marine veteran, Mr. Dylan Watts. How you doing, Dylan? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing well. So I, I figured I'd see you pulling in on your motorcycle, but... Uh, yeah, I had a rear wheel bearing go out on it, and we had to uh, put it in the shop. So. Oh, man, I'm sorry for your loss. All right, I hear you, right? <laughs> Well, Dylan, um, it's been an amazing journey. I've been with you um, and walked alongside you for the last two years. I've gotten to see your progress. So I wanted to just start off, um, tell the audience who you served with and what your job was. I was uh, in the Marine Corps. I was 0311. I was a 249 assault gunner for 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines, 1st Marine Corps Regiment. All right. Semper Fi, brother. Semper Fi. What was it like once you got out of the service? Um, I had a loss of camaraderie. I had a loss of uh, my team. Feel like I lost my tribe a little bit, and then it was just um, you know, falling further and further into addiction. So addiction is a part of your story. You've been open about it. Do you mind telling us just a little bit about your story and how addiction drew you further and further into this uh, kind of the darkness? So my addiction started while I was in the military. Um. And then with my drug use, it started affecting me, you know, in the military, in the Marine Corps. I got uh, NJP'd. I got uh, 30 days restricted to the barracks for being UA. Um, then when I got out, you know, the drugs and, and being in addiction just kind of threw me into this this spiral of going down into darkness and suffering. Um, and, and with that being said, uh, I suffered for 11 years. Um, off and on, uh, I used heroin, I used meth, um, I used marijuana, alcohol, but my, my main two were, uh, heroin and meth. And then from there, I ended up actually seeing you at, um, on the SARP program. Um, when I went there for SARP, uh, and then I got out of SARP and continued to use and, and it just snowballed even more into, uh, um, you know, loss of, you know, my son, family, friends, until finally I ended up into uh, legal issues. And that's how I found the VTC. Called you back. Yeah, so we met while you were impatient. And it's fair to say you had lost everything that was important to you. The addiction was just stronger than that. So talk to us about how... You became arrested and your journey through the justice system prior to so, VTC. So prior to VTC, I had been arrested multiple times for uh, possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of drugs. I, uh, I had been hit with a felony charge for possession of a firearm. Um, and then, you know, just with the judicial system, this last, this last time I got busted, I got busted with a a fully automatic weapon and, and an X amount of drugs on me. And when that happened, um, 
you know, the, the sentence was 10 years, you know, 10 years in prison. And, uh, I got scared. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would have been what, 43 years old when I got out. Um, you know, probably lost my, my mother and my father, maybe. Um, you know, 10 years is a long time. So, uh, I was ready. Um, the night that I got arrested, I was just, I was more thankful than anything that, you know, I was arrested and that I could just get some rest. And then everything kind of set in. Um, I ended up getting the opportunity to be a participant of the VTC program. And, um, that really, in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, you know, I'm just doing this to try to get out of trouble. And then as I progressively went through, you know, the first phase and the second phase, you know, I started looking at things a little different. And then around about phase three, I, uh, I decided that I was actually going to take the tools that the VTC have, were providing me with as far as groups, um, counseling, uh, one-on-one therapy, uh, even, even the medication that I was prescribed. You know, I was, I was wanting to take everything serious and, and actually utilize the help that I was getting. Um, you know, and, and then after I stopped fighting it and started using the help and assistance that I was getting and utilizing the treatment team that comes along with Veterans Treatment Court, I was able to actually start reaping the benefits of recovery. Yeah. And so that beginning phase one and phase two is really challenging. Um, it can be kind of that perspective of, all right, well, I'm not going to prison for 10 years. You know, I can just kind of skate through this. You know, hey, I got to go to some groups. No big deal. Talk to us about how the accountability kicked in, how probation and the judge and the rest of the team kind of served as those buffers early on. Um, early on, uh, you know, there's, you know, with the beginning of VTC, with every participant, it's uh, 100% accountability. You will be held accountable for whatever you do, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Um, and that was good for me, um, with the drug test twice a week, uh, it kept me accountable to the treatment court and to myself. Um, and then, you know, just with the treatment team and with judge Pope and, and with yourself, um, you know, it's, it's coming in and, and seeing you guys, seeing you, you know, twice a week, you know, getting asked how I'm doing, how things going, um, and then it's, you know, when we're in court sessions and the treatment, you have a whole treatment team behind you. So it's not just, <clears throat> it's not just the same for everybody because each person's different. Um, I think we even talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. about how, you know, everybody's recovery is different. And, uh, but Judge Pope is, uh, Judge Pope's amazing. He, uh, he gives, a lot of chances he wants to work with you he wants to see you succeed you you will succeed even if you don't want to and uh he he's amazing um even down to you know our public defender she'll help with the matters that we're in and the matters that you know we don't even see arising um and then after that it's just you know the fellow veterans that you're in veterans treatment court with you know there's that camaraderie build up with you know, I can talk to this person because we're kind of, you know, we relate to relatable things. We're not comparing what we've done. We're relating what we've done. So, Yeah. And something just sitting across from me right now that um, I was reminded of is in these early phases, something that we work through was this idea of big emotions, 
right? Yes. And so we have seen over and over that as humans, we're going to have big emotions. We're going to have these big feelings come up. And it's all about how we choose to proceed with that, right? True. They call them sometimes triggers, right? I was triggered or I have big emotions come up and I responded by doing A, B, or C. And uh, just reflecting how far you've come, your ability to just kind of regulate and stay calm, cool, collected to in the beginning, we were seeing big emotions. Um, every day. Every day. Every yeah. day there was big emotions. This wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. Why did this happen to this person? But didn't happen to me or why did this happen to me but didn't happen to that person and and through the first and second phase i you know i'm gonna say probably all the way up into like phase four and five i was still like you know why does this person da, 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 da. but in reality it's not about that person is it's about me myself and i mm. and once i get past me you know if, if i can get past what somebody else has done in a judging or that's not fair kind of way then you know that's where i wanted to start try trying to help other guys you know that you know because when i first come in i looked at the guys that had like two three hundred days and i only had one and i was like what's going on with this you know you know i wasn't thinking i'll be there one day but then when i got there i wanted the other guys to have what i felt and and you know so then i wanted to help out and so how many days right now do you have in recovery? Right now in recovery, I have 825 days. Man, that's huge. It is. That's, that's uh, huge. I, I never thought that would be uh, would be possible. And then, you know, I went through the treatment court. And, and like you said, you know, the accountability is, is you know, it, it, you're either going to make it or you're going to break it. But if, if you break and fail, it's because of yourself. It's because you weren't open to anything that had because the judge is going to just give you multiple 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 outlets ways to go to get the help and if you don't after all else fails if you haven't done anything then that's on you but you have the treatment team you have judge pope you have yourself you have the va you know everything that could be offered for treatment is there yeah it's true and you took advantage of all that you were on the pivot point hikes and you know all the exciting things they got to do in nature and rafting and mountain climbing you were working with warrior canine connection the service dogs training them so just incredible engagement because i saw you saying yes to opportunity instead of no exactly and um so yeah it it really has shown the transformation that you've undergone so talk to us a little bit about uh the role that uh, the mentor played in your life. Talk to us about your mentor. So my mentor coming in, um, it, I was his first mentee. Um, he's the first mentor I'd ever had in, in my life, really, um, other than my father. But uh, he was great. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, when when he first became my mentor, he he told me he was just blunt with me, and he's like, "I'm not your priest." I'm not your ATM machine. I'm not going to bail you out of jail. I'm not going to give you the answers. I will ask educated questions and try to help you find the answers, but I'm not going to do it for you. So that's what, uh, that's what we did. Um, and he also helped me form uh, a lot of critical thinking skills um, and just look at things in, in a bigger perspective 
you know, he, he, I used to sell myself short a lot and not try because I was afraid of failure. Um, and so therefore I wasn't applying myself and the only person that I was, you know, hurting while I was doing that was me. But, um, but you know, my mentor's name is Bob Wirt. Uh, and, and he's awesome. He was, uh, he, he still is, you know, even after I've graduated and moved on, we still talk weekly. Um, we're going to lunch tomorrow. Um, you know, I, and, and that being said, you know, he, uh, he's also the, um, what is it? The mentor coordinator for veteran treatment yep. court. So, you know, I need to, uh, dig in and talk to you and judge Pope and, and my mentor a little more, seeing how I could possibly become a mentor for treatment court. So, yeah. And that's something that judge Pope brought up in phase five to you multiple times. We'd love to have you be a mentor and really give back, uh, your wisdom and experience. So yeah, looking forward to that. Something we were talking about before this episode, uh, got me thinking because you're pursuing your peer support, you're pursuing uh, vocational and college training classes, um, and really looking for that kind of next career option. And you've still, though, faced challenges, right? Because yeah. you entered into our program and we were able to, at the end of this, dismiss them, but you still have the charges that happened before VTC on your record. Yes, sir. And so. I remember early on you said, hey, man, I want to work at Harley-Davidson. I want this to be my career. But you went there and it wasn't uh, – they didn't recognize, hey, VTC was great, this huge accomplishment. Yep. They still see, hey, on your record you have these felonies, correct? Yes, sir. Um, I had uh, – I went to Harley-Davidson in Asheville and uh, did some inquiring because while being in VTC, I could not go to – and I found out later on that it was in Florida for the uh, motorcycle mechanics, design, and technologies. Um, but when I went to Harley and applied for a job, while I was still at first at Blue Ridge, um, they turned me down because of my record. Uh, and then after that, I, uh, I even pursued going to possibly going to uh, online courses and getting the uh, certifications that I needed to, you know, work for a motorcycle manufacturer. And once I talked to the head mechanic in the uh, in the shop at Harley Davidson, he's he's like they would recognize the degree and certification, but due to my record, they wouldn't hire me. So that's wow. what that's what I'm facing now. Um, even with I've I've also chose the route to go to uh, Henderson County's BRCC for the uh, plumbing. A degree to get that um and i can do that but I, i'm also in the process of working on getting my my full record expunged um you know getting letters from you from my mentor from a you know as many letters as i can um to to try to help me get my record either sealed or expunged that way it just it can open even more doors for me right i got the recovery i got it under my belt now i just need to fix what I messed up, what it took so quick to mess up. So. Man. And I think that's just important to share on this podcast because um, as society, how much are we expecting this quote unquote debt to be paid? Right. Right. And truly has been paid many times over from the hard work and your service to community that I've seen in VTC. Um, but for the rest of your life, you could have these felonies prior to VTC. Um, obviously, we're advocating and supporting you through that expungement, but 
Um, anyways, that's a topic for another podcast. Most but, definitely. Uh, regardless of all that, you continue to show up. You continue to give back, and you're an inspiration. So I just want to say thank you so much, Maureen, for all that you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. So last question. I want to know, how do you maintain the gains that you established in the Veterans Treatment Court? How do you maintain your recovery now that you don't have that system of accountability around you? Uh, to maintain my recovery and, and to stay in my recovery, I stay involved with my recovery. I use my mentor still. I call him and talk to him. And then, you know, mainly with it, with the rest of that, it's just uh, sober battle buddies. Some of the guys that I was in treatment court with, I still talk to. Some of the guys I graduated with. But just communication as well, um, especially with with, uh, what I would consider my after VTC treatment team, which is over there in Building 73, the SUD clinic. Um, You know, just a great team of doctors over there and, and nurses and therapists. So. I just make my therapy appointments once a week, every week. And, you know, if anything arises, I just communicate that. I love it. Awesome. Nice, man. You know your gains. You know, hey, this is what I got to do to stay solid. And you're putting in the work every single day. Yes, sir. Man. Well, thank you so much, brother. And thank you to our listeners. This has been a true treat. Season one of the VTC podcast. So we look forward to talking to you again in season two, where we continue our conversation and hear more about the voices of recovery. This is the VTC podcast signing off.